0: theyeshiva.net We're up to page 131 Okay, we're the last paragraph I once heard from the Rebbe, Lubavitcher Rebbe, he said that he asked his father-in-law, the Rayats, whose yard site is today, why in Chabad they say takhram on a yard site <laughs> Every yard site, you know, you don't say takhram already a month before, a month after a year before, a year after a week before, a week after. Yard sites, it's like, you know, and Baruch Hashem, every day there's a yard set from a tzaddik. And if it's not a tzaddik, at least it's a shvigas yard site another reason. Whatever. So uh, there's always reasons for not tachma. So he said that his father-in-law, answered him, when is nachdaz a good to He says, what's that? the best time to say I'm sorry is a yard site. He says, Maybe you have a better time to say tachma? Why is it not saying, uh, By mincha? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I never understood that. After sunset, I understand night time is not a time of tachnum because it's a time of din. The middle of the day, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's because usually mincha is later, so it just carries over when you it earlier. I'm not sure people why early start. minchas don't have time. Right, just people are used to not okay. saying. That's saying. I don't know. Okay. But, I, mean, I, didn't, I mean, you should, technically. So of course, you, yeah. you should say Tachnon every Early. day. It's I'm part saying, of If you're not dominating that It's late. a beautiful thing. I don't know what people have against Tachnon. It's one of the nicest <laughs> things. It's, it's ability to, to be accountable, to, yeah. take, a, to, to uh, take accountability for your life, to say, I'm sorry. It's a beautiful thing. Imagine a, a couple would have a ritual every day for six minutes. <coughs> they discuss what the mistakes that they made. It would be a wonderful thing for a marriage. No? Every day, the, wife, the husband will say, not today, it's the yard set of the shvigay, not tomorrow. That's, that's what we always, not today, not today, not today, not today, not today. Okay, Shabbos, you don't do it. A simchi, you don't do it. I'm saying, what's, uh, I don't know what people have against tachma so much. What's the, it's a very nice thing, takhna. So If you listen to the words, it's very nice. You think about the times that you lie, the times that you're cynical, the times that you uh, betray. It's very, it's a very good meditation, takhna. And it's also interesting that God, like He likes it, like you know, twice a day. It's like I'm good, yeah. In other words, it, it's the idea that making mistakes is part of being human. That's why we institute that the chatchilat is a time to say I'm sorry. We should say no, we're all perfect. Why are we saying I'm sorry? It's someone can admit, huh? that's, Th- that's the problem. The problem is not that you make mistakes. The problem is the day I got engaged, my my brother gave me a shmooz. I have a wise brother. So he told me, he said, I just want to tell you one thing. Don't try to be perfect, he says. I know you, you won't be. You're going to make a lot, a lot of mistakes. You know nothing about how to be a husband, nothing. You're going to do everything wrong. (laughs) This is a a brother's encouraging words. He says, the only thing I say to you is don't be perfect, just be accountable. (laughs) When you make a mistake, don't run away. Don't run away physically and don't run away emotionally. Just be accountable. Don't be perfect, just be accountable. That's tachnon. Don't be perfect, be accountable. Especially according to one of the Ezra's that we say, we because we blame, it, we will blame God too. Uh-huh. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a Pilchis Kharatse. Pilchis Kharatse. Ashamnu. Ashamnu, yeah. yeah it says, maybe it's a similar thing as sitting in the Sukkah at the end of Sukkahs. Like we said okay. here, as soon as you give license sometimes not to say tachnon, then all of a sudden they're trying to get a on every single time. That's what the, the behind that is. Yeah, that's why they celebrate, right? Yeah, why they... the oh, has got a balance. Okay. Tomorrow morning we're going to have the regular Shear, okay? Tonight is going to be a big Fabrengan in the tent at 7.30. Everybody is invited. Also for women and children. With music and good food. Uh, Four Sheh style. But tomorrow, schedule is normal. The Gemara and also the Chesedus on Okay, let's continue here with page one thirty-one. Page one thirty-one. The last paragraph. The first column. Yesh Oid Lechem. Yesh Oid Till now we discussed Lechem in aretz, and now we move on from Lechem in aretz to Lechem in HaShemayim. There's the bread from earth and there's the bread from heaven. And this was represented by the bread of the manna, which is of course the story of Parshas B'Shalach, which is the connection between this mindmere about Lechem Mishnah and Parshas B'Shalach. So he finished with Lechem in aretz, and now he goes off to Lechem in HaShemayim. Let's remember what was the summation, what's Lechem in Arez. Lechem in is the bread that we eat from the earth. Literally it means the food that we obtain on earth, whether it's bread. And bread is also a euphemism, as the Gemara Chazal say, for all types of foods. Lechem is like the staple food, the symbol food. And therefore, Lechem is, represents all Sarhi suḍd all foods that a person eats. So lechem and aretz means the food that comes from the earth. Literally, the grain, the fruits, the vegetables, or even animal products. But the animals eat grain. So they're also dependent on the earth, and they're also from the earth. They're also connected to the earth. Toitze What's the concept of lechem and aretz? On this he explained at length the whole concept of toyo and tikkun. That the animal represents the primal energy of life, which is very, very intense very ferocious, one-dimensional, exclusive, and very, very powerful and extreme, and that's what primal emotions are like, that's the animal even in the human being, animals have one specific nature, and they don't deviate, and they don't negotiate it, and there's no diplomacy, and there's no compromise, and this is the animal in the man, and the animal that we see in the jungle. As he says, the animal has no hiscalulus, no integration. Every min, every species has a teva bifne atzmai. In the lotion of the Balatanya, it has its own contained, powerful nature. And it does not negotiate, compromise. I am who I am. And that's the primal instinct of the animal. Again, the animal in the human being and the animal in the world. That's the world of Toyu. And it generates, it begins, it commences, not generate, it originates. It originates in what's known as the world of Toyo, the world of chaos, where there was infinite energy, very intense energy, but ultimately there was a Shmira. There was a breakage over there, which is what happens with primal emotions, that if they're not harnessed and they're not directed, they create terrible collisions in life, from one mida against another mida, from one person against another person. Because everything is so extreme. Everything is so real. But here, realness actually has a tremendous failure because there's no compromise. Nothing gets diluted. Then there's the world of Tikkun, Shema, Aleph, Yud, Vofke, Adam versus Behemah. The world of Tikkun versus Sheyman, which is Ban begamatria Behemah, Ma begamatria Adam. And here, it's a world of compromise, a world of structure a world of negotiation a world of restrictions a world where things are more limited in Kalem, and therefore the most important thing is a world of Eskalos. There's give and there's take, there's integration there's the element of Bittl to the Ein Saif, which is the mile of tikun, and therefore it recognizes that I'm part of the picture but I'm not all of the picture and all of Gashmi is, is a product of Toyo and the concept of eating food is that the Adam confronts the world of Toyu, the Adam confronts the primal world of Toyu, which represents the animal that he's eating, or even the food, the veg- the vegetables, whatever the person is eating. Of course, when you're eating animal products, the Toyu is much more uh, intense, because you can't compare the ferociousness of a behemoth to the ferociousness of a plant. You can't compare a bull to a peach. But both have the common denominator that they're products of toyu because the definition of gashmi is it's a product of toyu because this is a non-cohesive world. It's a primal world. It's a world in which you don't see integration, you don't see synthesis, and you don't see infinity. It's a world in which everything is on its own. Survival of the fittest, Leviathan. And therefore, the etzem definition of gashmi already has to do with toyu. But of course, there's things in which toyu is more expressed, less expressed. But the confrontation with food Eating is not just a meal. Every time you sit down or you stand up to eat, it's an encounter of two worlds. In other words, eating is an experience. Chazal never recognized fast foods. If you learn Gemara, you see how they treated food always with a yishuv of hadas. You sat down to eat. So many, if you learn Hilchas brachas, they're very complicated, Hilchas brachas. A lot of it has to do with das, Right? Do you still have das to eat? Do you have now das to eat? There's a whole seminar in Where is it? Kufay and Zayin, I think. Rechaim Kufay and Zayin. So discusses. If I finish the meal, and I said, "Let's bench, let's bench," and now I say, and now my wife brings out a new dessert. Do I have to make a new bracha or not? I already made a bracha on the cake. Do I have to make a new bracha? The problem is, once you are from eating. So now the new food, you have to make a bracha. So what's called as-hadas? If I said let's bench, is it has-hadas? If I brought my machron, is it has a If I picked up the cup, yeah. So we go through the different things. So I once asked a big rav. I said, you know, people always at the end of a meal say, okay, let's let's bench. And then food comes. So he says you have to understand. We live in a generation, there's no das bachlan. It's not called das. The chazal believed when somebody said, Let's finish the meal, they meant it. Today, when somebody says, let's finish the meal, they don't mean it. They're going to see something tempting in front of their eyes. It's all over. So he knows, nobody means what they said. It's not a gather of dust. It was not a bad observation. In other words, it's not a serious conviction, let's finish the meal. I'm bored, so let's finish the meal. The moment you'll stimulate me with some more poison or sugar, the meal is not over. I don't really have what to do. I'm not in control of my life. The food is in control of my life. <laughs> okay, <laughs> But in other words, his point is, if if when you yourself say the meal is over, you don't mean it, it's fine. You don't mean it. You have to mean what you say. Yeah, that's not called das. Yeah, it mean das. The Gemara says it das. Avdulah minay. That's why avdulah is an a chinah das. So the Hoi maysa by the bala Ha'ilula of today, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe was a big smoker. Like uh, like in his times, you know, people smoked, and they smoked socially, everybody smoked. So uh, he was here in America, he escaped the Nazi, occupied Warsaw in 1940. He came here in March, other Tess Shady Tavshin, settled in New York, and uh, so uh, that's when they really started to find out about the damages of uh, of, uh, of nicotine, tobacco for the lungs. So he had a doctor who came to visit him, and he said that he had a lot of health problems, a lot, very serious health problems. And he said, with all the discoveries recently, I want to suggest that you have to uh, you have to t- slow down on your smoking, quit smoking. Nineteen forty. He's sitting in his office. It was on 770 Eastern Parkway on the second floor. That's where he moved to. So the doctor's talking and explaining him everything. In the middle of the conversation, the doctor takes out a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Takes out one, of course. He gives one to the Rebbe, and he takes one for himself. And then he takes uh, a match to light up. That was the Derek. It was like, today a cup of water. You take, I take. I mean, that was was part of social etiquette. Social etiquette, you took out a cigarette, you gave it to the person. So the Rebbe looks at him and he says, uh, what's this? He says, it's a papyrus, it's a cigarette. <laughs> he says, ich I don't smoke. I don't smoke. So he's looking at him, you don't smoke? Don't it's like a joke? I'm coming here to explain to you, you have to stop, you have to quit, you have to slow down. He smoked a lot. Mm-hmm. He says, till you came, I smoked. You explained to me that it's damaging. Ich I don't smoke. And that was it. <laughs> he never had another cigarette. That, then he didn't take a cigarette. The doctor was looking at him and was like, okay, there's a lecture, and then there's implementation of the lecture. And that could take 7, 9, 20 years, right? That's because we don't really have control over our lives. We don't have control. But he said, you told me it's damaging. I believe you that it's damaging. It's over, I don't smoke. That's a type of, uh, of control that's very profound. Because that's when you could begin to live. Actually, you make decisions. A decision is a decision. And you make. Deci- you have a compass. Basically, you run your life. Nothing else runs your life. That's a very profound quality that you could, uh, at least, a possibility to think about <laughs> to live into that quality. But that takes a lot of conviction and also a certain confidence, like. You're in control of your life. You're really in control of your life. Most of us, we're like victims to circumstances. Always reactive. really, really proactive. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go here, I'll go there, I'll go here, I'll go... I'm being schlepped around by an emotion, by an instinct, by an addiction, by a craving, by a habit, by by a ritual, by somebody else, by, by, okay, let's go here. In this life, there's no let's go. The question is, what... uh, what I'm supposed to be doing. So I'll call upon them, in the world of Tikkun, when, when a person eats, there's a confrontation of two universes, the world of Tikkun and the world of Tayun. But the unique idea here is that Tikkun needs Tayun as much as Tayun needs Tikkun. I need my primal self as much as my primal self needs me, because that's who I really am. Deep down, Tayun represents the true intense energy of life, but it needs the sublimation of Tikkun. And when Tikkun meets Toyu, it has the ability to sublimate the sparks of Toyu back to their original source, which gives a whole new energy, momentum, and chius to Tikkun, which it doesn't have on its own because over there the energy is much more diluted and much more compromised. And that's the kavanas, the kavanasa akhila. That when the kalim of Toyu, the vessels of Toyu, which are broken, are sublimated through the world of Tikkun, which incorporates them. And brings them back to their original source. So because the Sharish of Tayu is deeper than Tikun, Yisrael. It's deeper than tikkun. So therefore it gives a whole new oir, a whole new light to tikkun, and that's why the person has to eat Achilles Tsurh Gavaia and not only the Adam down here, but also Ha Udam Ha'alyun Alallachim levado Yichya. Ha'adam ki al kol moitsa Hashem yichya ha'adam, the Adam ha'elion who, so to speak, gets a whole new oil from the toyu elements that are embedded in the food. And that's chatva vachalta ve'savato veirachta es Hashem ha'likecha. That is actually a bracha, a flow of energy, kevayachal, that comes to Hashem ha'likecha, which is what tikkun gives into toyu, what t- toyu gives into to tikkun, which is lechem min ha'aretz, all bread that comes from the bread. However, there's another type of bread called heavenly bread. It's not the bread that you bring out from the earth; it's the bread that comes from heaven. Lechem <laughs> The expression in Parshas Beshalach is, "I will rain on you, bread of heaven." What an interesting expression! I'm going to rain down on you, bread from heaven. <laughs> Toyota describes in Parsha's Baloischa the man, that it's ka'in ha like a crystal. Bedolach is crystal, so the Zoyar calls the man de debedolcha. Crystals of dew, or dew crystals. Crystals of dew. It says the man came down in the morning with a a layer of dew over it, a layer of dew under it, which is the source of uh, of uh, uh, yes, the map on the bread and they're under and over the bread, and because the Lechem mission is of course a zeche to the double portion of man that used to come down on Friday, double portion for Shabbos, and that's why we have not one loaf of bread, but two loaves of bread during the meals of Shabbos. And you have the layer on top and the layer under it, v'atal, sheikh, Satal's the calls the man tala debedulcha. B'doylech again is crystals, little crystals. Come v'atal, sheikh, v'atal, the dew cover the man. What does this mean? The Gemara says, The man came down the schus of Moshe. He had three components: the clouds were in the schus of Aaron, the water schus of Miriam, the of Miriam, and the man was b'schus Moshe. When Miriam and Aaron died, so the clouds disappeared, the wine, the water disappeared. That's why they needed water. That's why there was a war against the Jews, and it all came back ultimately b'schus Moshe. But it begins. The man is b'schus Moshe. What is Moshe? Moshe, we already learned in a previous Mime, where Moshe says, ma? In What are we? When the Jews attacked Moshe in irony, he says, ma? Aleinu. What are we? You look at me and you think that I'm a dictator, I'm a tyrant, I'm your king. He says, I'm just a conduit. <coughs> Moshe is, ma Moshe represents Chachma, but he represents the quality of Ma in Chachma. Chachma is made up of two words. Chavches Memhei. Koyach Ma. The Koyach of what? Moshe represents Ma of Chachma, v'heinu etzem She-Ma. The core of She-Ma, which as we said is Yudke Vavke when it's spelled out fully with Alephs. aras This is higher... Then the ray of intelligence that comes into emotions in order to direct them. <laughs> Moshe represents Mo'ichin, not the way it directs the midos, but the way they are essentially. That's why by Moshe it says peh He was difficult. He had a difficult time communicating. Both his mouth was heavy, and his loshon was heavy. His mouth and his tongue the Zoyar says a very fascinating interpretation when Moshe tells Hashem I'm not a man of words what are the two expressions means I have a heavy mouth means I have a heavy tongue they both apparently mean the same thing I can't talk does it mean that Moshe had a stutter like some say does it mean that Moshe just had an inability to communicate some people can't communicate does it mean that Moshe had a speech impediment there's different interpretations. But the Zohar says, Kvat peh hainu teresh haba'al peh. Kvat loshin" hainu teresh Kvat peh relates to teresh haba'al peh, the teresh that comes through the mouth, the oral teresh that comes through the mouth. Kvat peh. Kvat loshin" is teresh habeksav, which is written. Teresh haba'al peh is, of course, a teresh that wasn't written. It's a that was given over verbally and orally from mouth to mouth, from teacher to student to teacher to student, generations after generations, until Rabbeinu Yehuda Hanassi felt the need to transcribe halacha in Mishnayis, and a few hundred years later to transcribe all of halacha in Gemara, Talmud Yerushalmi, Talmud Bavli, all of the Midrashim, etc. But it's essentially a Torah of the mouth. Torah Shubik Sav is, of course, a Torah that's written, not on the mouth, but it's written with the Loshim, the language on parchment. So Moshe says, you want to send me to take the Jews out of Egypt and to give them the Torah. Kvat peh, I am not suitable for peh. Torah Shabbat peh. But kvat losh and also for Torah Shabbat ksav. What does this mean? This is what Zoyar says. So the al explains. Very heavy idea here. Ki shayrish Moshe hoya b'chinesh The shayrish of Moshe's neshama is what's called in. The language of Nister, the language of Kabbalah and Hasidus, Pnimius Abba. Abba means a father versus an Ima, a mother. Pnimius means the Pnimius of the father, which means the inner core, not the outer, the inner. Abba is always a euphemism for Chachma. Ima is always a euphemism for Bina. Chachma is represented by the seed, the semen of life that the father contributes And Bina is represented by the mother who takes the seed, integrates it, and it fertilizes within her body, and it develops into a fetus. And over nine months, it becomes a full-fledged fetus, Be'ez Hashem, and then there's birth. In the process of the human soul, you have the father, which is Chachma, you have the mother, which is Bina, and you have the child, which is Emotions. The child is only born from the mother, not from the father. But without the father, you don't have a spark, you don't have the spirit, you don't have the seed of life. So you need the father to contribute the seed to the mother, who then ingests it and develops it into an embryo, which hopefully develops into a full child, which is then given birth, which then comes out into the world. And that's the world of Midas, the world of emotions that come from the father and mother. So in Sifri, Chsidus and Kabbalah, Abba is Chachma, and Ima is Bina. What's the relationship between Chachma and Bina? Chachma is always the epiphany. The spark of inspiration. What do they call it? The light bulb moment. You know the light bulb moment? Aha! I got it! What do you get? I don't know. I got it. Explain. I don't know. I got something good. An idea. It's a spark. It's inspiration. But with that, nothing will remain. Because it comes and it goes. It's like a father without a mother. (laughs) He shoots out, you know. Men shoot out ideas biologically and spiritually. Yored kachets, <laughs> as the Gemara says, shoots like an arrow. But that's it. Where does it go? As we know, it could go live atolo, which is a serious thing if it goes for waste. With a wife, she takes that creative energy biologically, but it represents. Spi- always bi- biology is always a mirror of spirituality. The two are not detached. The world of biology, especially the birds and the bees, and the world of spirituality are really the same world. It's just a reflection. It's a mirror. And therefore, she takes that creativity, hopefully, (laughs) if she doesn't destroy it or knock it away, knock it down, but she takes the creativity, absorbs it, and turns it into something, something real. But for this, they have to work together closely. Huh? Yeah. Abba and him have to work. In a person, what does this mean? Chachma is the spark, the barak, the epiphany. But Bina is taking the idea and making it into something. Developing it. Explaining it. Elaborating it. Literally fleshing it out. Mamish, taking the seed and fleshing it out. The seed has in the microscope, it has everything. But now you got to flesh it out. And you got to flesh it out to the point that there are toenails, there are fingernails. Every limb, every organ, every tissue. And that's what happens in Seichel. Chachma, you're learning a shtickle gemara. It's very, very hard. You learn it again, again. You don't understand it. And then suddenly, boom, you have an insight. But that insight is always a few words. It's very brief. Now you have to develop it, elaborate on it, explain it, decipher it. And then you can write it down. You can give it over. You can teach it. If you don't have bina, the chachma just goes away. It's much like a lightning. If you're in a pitch-dark desert and there's lightning for a few seconds... There's a tremendous brightness but if you don't do anything with that it's going to go away as fast as it came and it's all over. Edison said all invention is 1% inspiration 99% perspiration. Chachm is inspiration. Bina is perspiration. But in Chachm itself you have what he calls Pnimi there's chitzonius abba, there's chitzonius ima, and there's pnimius abba. What is this? He says, "Shayir shmai shayv b'chines pnimius abba k'mayshu be'etzah." It's chachma the way it is in its own core, essentially. L'mayla meha'ares ha'moichin b'midus shel hatayna. Kasher, pasul, taher, tome, zakai, chayif. He's beyond the ray of moich in the way it. Expressed in the midos of Torah. When we learn Torah, Torah is, of course, moichin. It's wisdom, but it's moichin that directs behavior. Every sugya, this is kosher, this is possible, this is tahor, this is tameh, this is good, this is bad, this is mutter. We just learned hilchas This is mutter. This is asr. So, when I tell you this, this is a Chachilet, this is a this is a Chumret, this is a kolah. this is Zakeh, this is Chayev. It's all based on wisdom. It's all based on principles. It's all based on ideas. But that's called Ha'aras Maichen, not Mochen be'etzim. It's the intelligence that guides emotions and behavior. It's the intelligence that leads, It navigates direction. It's the GPS of emotions. That's not called Pnimiya That's called Chitsoyiniya Everything has two dimensions to it. The Pnemi Yisavit, the Chitsoyini Yisavit. The Pnemi Yisavit is who you are vis-a-vis yourself. The Chitsoyini is who you are vis-a-vis others. In other words, how you impact others. It's two separate things. One is called your external self, and one is called your internal self. Your internal self means who you are vis-a-vis yourself. No one even knows about it. Sometimes not even you. The Chitsoyini self is who you are vis-a-vis others. Meaning, how do you impact others? What you mean for others. Why is that called external? Because really it's very external. Because it's only that aspect of you that means something to others. For example, imagine somebody once said he wants to die, so he should just be able to hear the obituary. Because he wants to hear what people think of him. How do you think of yourself and how do you compare it to what people think of you? If people have to talk about you, and you could actually witness it, most of us don't have that opportunity. Right? There was, They say there was a Yid who died. He wanted to hear a hespit, So he went into the box. and They started to do a spade. So somebody said at the Hespit, he never ate broccoli. He never ate spinach. He never ate cauliflower because of worms. So and he gets up and he says, and coleslaw too. Okay, he wanted to be merciful. You know, make sure. Don't forget the coleslaw. But what you, what people say about you, how much does it have to do with you? Even if it's MS, what they're saying, even if it's completely honest, it's that aspect of you that they are gaining from. Let's say you have a teacher. Let's say you have a, a rebbe. Let's say you have a leader. Let's say you have a father, an inspiring figure. So when people talk, they talk about that aspect of what they get from him. What does that have to do with his essence? He can't live off that. So there's your pnimius is who you are vis-a-vis you. Your hitsanius is who you are you are vis-a-vis others, and that's called your external self. Your external self means that aspect which other people can gain from and appreciate from. Now that can be tremendous and momentous, but legabe your pnimius is called chitsonius. Reb Mendel of Vitepska, Reb Haradaka, the Priya he who's a Talmud of the Magen of Mizrach, his Talmudim said, "Could you show us a tzaddik nister? Could you show us a hidden tzaddik?" He says, Yeah, me. They said, You're not a Nister. We all know you're a Tzaddik. He says, "As yeah. You hear? Woe unto me if my righteousness was as much as you knew it. That's my Tzaddik. In other words, I'm a Tzaddik Nister. You don't know who I am. Tzadik Nister doesn't mean somebody that doesn't know about. He lives in an attic for 99 years, right? Oscar Wilde once said, such a cynical one, You could, could almost think he was Jewish. He said the best feeling in the world is to do something anonymously and then everybody finds out. It's the best feeling in the world. We taught at Tzadik Nister. you live in an attic somewhere for 69 years, right? And then you call in the Heber Kaddish a few hours before you die. And you give it, it says, "Ashma Yisrael," and then for hundreds of years they talk about this Sadak The Katsky Rebbe said that the Yitzhahara flackered it even when you're dying. So they asked him, "What's the Yitzhahara when you're dying?" Well, what do you want to do? He said, "The Yitzhahara comes into you and says, Rabbi Yisrael, don't just die. There's a minion around here. Go out with a bang. B'sakutah <laughs> Close your eyes." Say and then they'll write on your matzaveh When he said Hashem <laughs> he said "Die in class. Don't just die. Yeah? Let everybody talk about how you die What was his point? His point was, okay, this is the Katsker Reb. Tzadik Nista doesn't mean you're on an attic for 90 years. You can also be a Tzadik Nista Could be a big Tzadik that we know who he is, but he's still a Tzadik Nista. Why? Because you don't know who he is. You know nothing. Real people, what's the difference between real people and not real people? A lot of big people, I once heard this, interesting. it was such an interesting description. I heard this from somebody who worked for many years with the Lubavitcher Empress. I asked him about his experience. So he said, usually with big people, the closer you get to them, the less you start respecting them. From the outside, they're very impressive. Once you move into their house, you know you see how they get upset, and you see how they deal with the refrigerator, and you see bichlal how they act. Yeah. And when you get very close to them, you know it's the hardest person to respect. You is your wife, she sees everything. You know what I mean? It's real hard. You see up close, far. Yeah. Person gets dressed, puts on a nice tie. It's, it's show time. He says sometimes you see a person. The closer you get to them, the more you respect them. That's a different type. Why? Because you see a a different type of greatness. Faket. The closer you get, the more respect. So usually, the world of Pnimius is not the world of Chetzerimus. It's a whole different world. So Moshe says, you want to send me to give them the Torah. What's the Torah? The Torah is Meichen. But it's Haoros HaMeichen Bemidus. All of Torah is Moich in the way it comes down Lamais. That's what he says. There's a it. It's wisdom. The way it has it, it, it has implications, ramifications. Even a sugya of Gemara that's theoretical, meaning it's never going to happen. It might not happen in Gashmis, but it's a concept of halacha. It relates to action. It relates to behavior, and it relates to emotion. Moiche says "Kvat quatper in tuelischer balper quat lochna tuelischer bixat lakach amagamken mi noichi on shamson i want to send you his first line was who am i the chietz is benay somen mexray what's that kilima ki etzi is benay srol the why not listen to these words kilay hay ya khalah haspilas atsmela matli as nimsha reven could not see himself With the ability to humble himself, to lower himself to the point that from him could come (laughs) shadish atayda, the source of tayda. It couldn't come from him. (laughs) Kvat peh or kvat lashon anochi, not tayda shabal peh and not tayda shabiksa. Vehe shavlaya kadosh baruch hu anochi picha. I will be with your mouth, meaning (laughs) anochi misha anochi who atzmos ein soif baruch. Anoichi is I, no names. This is Hashem's essence. He's even beyond Abba, which is Chachim. The higher and the lower are identical. The darkness is like light. Ki haman You thought Toya was hard. What's Psha that Moshe couldn't talk? What is he saying here? We learn Moshe was a kafar. He had a speech impediment. He couldn't talk. Why couldn't he talk? So there's a story with the with the coals. So that's the physical in But everything physical comes from something spiritual. Moshe not only couldn't talk, he couldn't even reveal Teder Shebeksav and Teder Shebaal Why? Not because he didn't understand it. Because his Shedesh is actually from a much higher place. So he says he can't even become the source of Teder. He can't give Teder. Why can't he give Teder? That's what the Zoya says. Kvat Peh or Kvat Lashem. Say Teder even Teder Shebeksav, which is higher than Teder Shebaal he can't give. Why not? Why not? The words he says here is because he's P'china's p'ch- 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 Abba. Etzem masha Ma Moshe ma is also hey. The beginning and the end is hey with a shin in the middle. So therefore he can't. And Hashem has to say this whole vart that he's going to explain. Why he could. Anoichi ei Pech. It's coming from Anoichi, which is higher even than you. It's higher than Abba. Generally speaking, any element of hashpah, of giving, is always a compromise of truth. Always. Why? Because in giving, the question is, what can I do for my audience? It's never a question of where I really am and what I'm really holding by. The Baal once said, that when somebody speaks or teaches, he's like a broom. What happens to a broom? You have a kitchen floor, it's dirty, you sweep up the floor, where does the dirt go? <laughs> Disappears, goes into the broom. <clears throat> Baal says that's what a teacher is, that's what a speaker is. Everybody is supposed to come out clean, and he goes home dirty. You understand what that means? You don't understand what it means. You don't do it. <laughs> it means something very deep the broom makes the kitchen clean and the broom itself goes home dirty in other words what means life for others is death for him what he gives to others and cleans them up for him he becomes much more filthy from this why? because he takes it all in so you have a stickle a bit of a tragic situation because the real communicator what is he doing? He's trying to clean up people's energy, people's light. He's trying to give them light and clean up the mess, clean up toxicity. Where does it go? Where does it all go? It gets absorbed. So it's actually a very big Yerida for him. They say there was once a woman who came to a rav and she spoke to him for three hours about her problems. At the end she says, You're brilliant and you're also a miracle worker. The rav says, Why are you a miracle worker? She says, I came in with a migraine headache and it's gone. You made it disappear. He said, it's not gone, it just went to me. <laughs> it's not gone, nothing is gone. There was a therapist, I read, Dr. Plotkin, he was a big therapist, psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. So there was a new guy who came in for the office, a new resident. So he sits the first day and they walk out of the office together, six o'clock at night, they walk out. So Dr. Blotman says, New, how was your day? He says, I don't know how you're doing this for 50 years. He says, What's the problem? He says, There were eight patients here today. And everyone tells stories, and you have to listen and concentrate. He says, I'm plotting. One day I'm plotting. He says, How are you doing this for 60 years, listening to people 60 years? Dr. Blotman said, Who's listening? <laughs> <laughs> Who asked you to listen? You, know, you, you nod your head and you take a check, right? To you, and, you, and you tell them, I'm sorry, I understand your pain. This is what insecure people go through. That's it. You gave a diagnosis. Yeah. But all these anecdotes it really points to one idea, and that is the Baal Shandu said it's not simple, you go and you communicate. Communication is a form of mysterious Nefish. What do I mean is it's completely going out of your space, going into other people's space? And asking not what you want to say, but asking what they need to hear. It's a whole different is true. It's a whole different thing. Ask not what you want to say, ask what they need to hear. The Panam Yafis says it says in a sachet a rav is like a malach, you should learn taidh from him. If not not. Im doyma hashem should appeal. If not, not. What's Pshat? What do you mean a rav is doimel amalek hashem tsvonkas? The Panam says an unbelievable vort. Every teacher has to know this. It says the Dunti Malachim and the says Malachim are oimdim and the Shammahs are mahalchim. When a Satilach amalachim bein oimdim, a the Posek says in Sharia. An Hashemah moves, an Hashemah grows. A Malach stands, stationary. In this world you can grow, you can transform yourself. Angels, they grow, but it's all in a predictable orbit. So he says, rav has to be what says, I'm teaching Baba Basra. I'm teaching Baba Kama. I learned Baba Kama. Did Rosh Hashiva learn Baba Kama how many times? Maybe 150 times. He has a classroom. What's his passion? To give us a deep pilpul to reconcile two Rambams. It's like a Gishmachar Reb Baruch Ber, Gishmachar Reb Naftoli, Gishmachar Reb Shmuel, whatever it is. Yeah, Gishmachar Reb Nochem, where you come from. So uh, that's what he wants to do. The problem is the boys, can't and Ken Rashi, they can't read a Rashi like in many yeshivas. So what do Rashi Shivas do? He gives a pilpul, mit ha-shagasayim, mit ha mit ktsos It's a lebedic and freilich, but it's not what they have to hear, they don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> so a good rav has to be a malach an oimid, not a mahalach you want to express yourself, you want to grow but then you're not a teacher then you should sit and learn for yourself if you're a teacher, you need to be able to be there for your students according to their capacity so for you, it's a form of paralysis you're actually restricting your brilliance and your creativity and your full expression of ideas because it's not what they want to hear or they need to hear, or they're capable of hearing he actually going down to their level and repeating something which for you doesn't constitute growth. You're an oymid. He says, Rav Hashem Such a teacher you learn from. Somebody else you're not gonna learn from you're not gonna learn anything. He's busy expressing himself. What does this really mean? This really means all hashpa is a form of self obliteration. Why? Because <laughs> you want to know why I teach? <laughs> Because real communication means you have to completely suspend who you are and tune in to the soul of the people you're talking to. Now in therapy work or spiritual work, you know this, it's all about listening. It's really listening to where the other person is and not treating them as your patient or somebody coming... From your pers- looking at them from your perspective, really tuning into their world, and that's not an easy transition. It's a very tough transition. It's very easy not to. It's very easy to get stuck over there. But the point is, real haspa is always chitzoni. It's not pnimius. If it's pnimius, it's not Hashpah. It's expressing you vis a vis yourself. Chitzoni is here. Is the idea that the person actually is asking how I am relating to you? And what do I have to give you in order for you to be able to get what you need? And by definition, that means my external self. Not external in the terms of fake. That's not what external here means. External means in terms that it's not about capturing my full intensity as I am with me. It's not about that. (inaudible) Torah Kevayah also has these two levels. Torah that we have, the Torah that we know is a Torah that's called Chitzonius Abba, not Plimius Abba. Why Chitzonius Abba? Because it's God's wisdom, infinite wisdom. The way it's relatable to humanity. Shnayim Moysim betalus zayim zayim God tells me what to do, but Moshe was in touch with the core of wisdom and with the core of wisdom. Kvat pe kvat loshem. It's achtemished. Not I don't want to, ich I can't. I can't detach myself. I can't become a malach. I can't detach myself from that level of energy to be able to come down to a place where I can give Torah. Mi a noichi. Not me a noichi as I'm a nobody. Mi a noichi fakert. Mi a noichi, I'm not the right person for this. Moshe couldn't talk because he was always listening. To talk, you have to stop listening. You know when you're listening to something very intently and somebody says, What is he saying? What is he? Saying? But you know if you lose any words, you're gonna lose it. Yeah, shh. Tell me what he's saying. Once you finish listening and you absorb it, now you could start giving. When you're in a state of Kabbalah, you can't be a mashpia. In Hilchis Melicha, you have de the taridla mivdalipalit. When you're absorbed, you can't emit. It's two separate things. Why? ...because when you're absorbed, you have to suspend yourself... ...and just listen to that which is above. When you emit, on the contrary, you have to assert yourself... ...and you become the teacher figure. So whenever you become the teacher figure, it's actually your lowest level. You understand? When you're a student, you're much more real than when you're a teacher. Because when you're a student, you're opening yourself up to something that is beyond you. When you're a teacher, you're becoming a source for something that is under you. So you actually lower yourself to be able to become a mucker. When you're a Talmud, you're actually in a much higher space. When you're a Mechabel, you're in a much deeper place than when you're a Mashpia, Because a Mashpia means, I'm the giver. Mechabel means, I'm the taker. What am I taking from? I'm taking that which is higher than me. Moshe was always in that state. So he's Kvad pek Kvad lashen. He can't talk. He can't communicate. And he can't be the Shodish of Torah. Why? Because the Shodish of Torah is the wisdom of infinity, the way it informs finiteness. But Moshe is plugged into infinity itself. Moshe, because he's plugged into infinity itself, so therefore he can't be a shodish to give to finiteness. Because the whole Torah is the way Abba comes down into halacha. In other words, the way it navigates society. It's God's wisdom, the way I could relate to it and say, ah, that's what you're saying. But Moshe is tuned into the core of the wisdom itself. When you're tuned into the core of the wisdom itself, it's too transcendence. He says, I'm not the wrong. I'm, I'm the wrong person for this. I'm the wrong person. Hashem doesn't argue with him because he's right. <laughs> Hashem doesn't argue with him. Hashem introduces him to another reality, which is going to be the reality he's going to be discussing. The reality we call the man lechem and hashemayim. How do you give bread from heaven? Of Samachvav Ahmed Bey's, uh, column 2, Samachvav Vav, B'Shalach, page 131. Okay, this is not an easy shtickle here, this is a complicated stickle. He went over from Lechem and HaShemayim, to Lechem and HaShemayim. Lechem and was the first section of the Maymer. The second section of the Maymer is Lechem and HaShemayim, which is known as the Mam, the third section of the Maima goes back to explain the structure of Benching. The fourth part of the Mayimah goes to explain what Shabbos is. And after that, he comes to the end to go back to what Lechem Mishnah is. And the difference between Lechem Mishnah Alpinigla, thank you, and Lechem Mishnah Alpinista. Do you remember how we started? Now he's going to go back to what the end. So he starts with Lechem mm-hmm. in the Aretz, Toyu goes to Lechem in Hashemayim, goes back to the structure of Ben-Shink, goes to Shabbos, and then back to Lechem Mishnah on Shabbos. So Lechem in Aretz was the whole idea of toyo and tikkun, explored in the previous shiudim, in the beginning of the Ma'am. Then he begins, begins the process of Lechem and Hashamayim, which is discussed in Parshas B'Shalach. The zohar calls it talad B'dulcha, the doos, the, the do of crystal. And the uh, the Gemara in is that the man came to Shmuel and for this he explains something about Moshe Rabbeinu, who tells Hashem he's a kvad peh, and he's a kvad loshen. He has a heavy tongue and a heavy mouth, which the Zoya, the Raya Mehemna, fascinatingly says, he has a heavy mouth and therefore he's not capable of communicating to Yeshuva He has a heavy tongue and he's not capable of communicating to Yeshuva and the way the Altarebbe understands the Zohar, the way he understands it is that because Moshe, to quote him, is Etzem Sheima, because he's Etzem Sheima, or as he, what he calls here Etzem Hamoychin, or Pnimius Hamoychin, or Pnimius Abba, all the words of Etzem Hamoychin versus Ha'ora samoychen, the Pnimius versus the Chitzonius, he's not capable of lowering himself to the point that he becomes the Shurish of Torah, the source of Torah, whether Torah Pan, even Torah Shabalpah, because of Moshe's unique soul, which is Etzim Abba, pnimiyus Abba, which is the Etzim HaTayla, not the Chitzani Yis Huh? So what does Hashem answer him? Hashem says, I'm going to be with your mouth. Moshe says, I can't do this. He says, I'm going to be with your mouth. Who's Anoichi? Anoichi, he says, is it's the essence of the Ensoyf, which is even beyond Abba, it's even beyond Ma, it's even beyond Chachman, it's even beyond Etzema Chachman. And therefore, the highest and the lowest are identical. Darkness is like light, and hence, because a and picha, you could be the one who gives us Torah. And hence, the man comes down beschus because this is reflected in the man. Let's see further inside where he explains more. shaman, the line starts shaman. Kishayder shaman ulemayla miser Sat. The source of the man is different than lechem in It's lechem in the Shammai. What makes this earthly and this heavenly? Literally, bread is, comes from flour that you knead with water, that you bake in the oven. And the flour comes from grinding kernels, which grow in stalks of grain, whether it's wheat or barley or spelt or oats or rye, the chameshes <laughs> minedagav or essentially any other food, whether it's a bean, whether it's a fruit, whether it's a vegetable. This is all minarets. It's all from produce, from grain, fruits, vegetables. Basically, it's a meach that grows from the earth. Lechem and ot. The mana comes from heaven. Lechem and hashemad. When you think about it, however, one second, who is the one who created the whole process of lechem and ot? It's also heavenly fruit. What allows the, 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 the wheat wheat stalks to develop kernels? That can be grinded to flour, that can be kneaded with water, and then become consumed as lechem. It's ultimately also in It goes through the arts The mana just comes down. But the truth is that the distinction is much profounder. It says, what what are we what's the distinction? He says. "Hamanu la The man transcends the his oirus of the mata, the arousal of below. Should be Lechem in the arid, the processes, the arousal from below creates an arousal from above. What does this mean? Highnu, ki mepchines <laughs> ha birurim detoyu nimshichu hamad meoires the toy. You know the Rashi Tevis hamades nimshichu hamayin duchrin meoires the toy from from the birurim. Birurim always means from separating, selecting, refining. Elevating, toyu, you access the masculine waters, Mayan are waters, Dechar in Aramaic is Zachar versus Nukva, feminine, Mad versus Man, Mayin Dukhin are the masculine waters. You access the masculine waters, meaning the flow, the energy flow, the spiritual orgasmic energy flow from the lights of toyu. We explain that's Lechem in Haaretz. The process happens on earth. Every piece of food, animal product, or any Gashmi, ultimately is rooted in a very, very deep place of energy. But it went through the whole Nephila that we spoke about, the whole breakdown that we spoke about. And therefore it's unrecognizable, and it needs the Adam, who is cohesive and integrated and balanced, and connected to the divine in a conscious way, to look at the tayu and be mevareret. And birur is always a struggle. By definition, avoid of birurim is an avoida of struggle, because everything is mixed. Mixed here doesn't only mean physically. Mixed means psychologically. When everything is mixed up with each other, basically to find the kernel of truth is difficult, because you have to chip away on all of the shells, and all of the layers, until you get it. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle, first of all, to be able to identify it, and second of all, to actually separate it. Even if you identify it, to actually disregard that which you have to disregard, and embrace that which you have to embrace. Both are very difficult. The greatest work, internal work, is from the confusion, to be able to identify that which you have to identify, and to be able to actually do something about it. That's called birudim of Toyu. When you do that, what happens? You bring back Toyu to its original source, which is the Oires of Toyu. And remember, those Oires were much more powerful than the Oires of Tikkun. The problem is the Oires could not live in the Kalim. The Kalim were shattered and they fell down with all their sparks. And the Oires departed back to their source of the Divine. Now, when you bring back the Nitzutsus, you re-access Mayin you create a Sarus you create an arousal, from the lights of Tohu, and that gives Tikkun a whole new energy. You create a flow in Havaya lekecha adama elia. That's all lechem in the arid. That's why it's called earthly, because it all depends on the avoyd of earth. I will show the only ones who can elevate Tohu is down here. I will show the shaman who The source of the man is lechatchile from above. This represents an arousal, a flow from above that is not created from the below. You have, just like you have in human relationships, sometimes the begin begins from one side, sometimes the Yisayiraz begins from another side. And hopefully it alternates. In other words, there's interest on both sides. Sometimes there's only interest on one. That's the concept of Lechem in the arid, Yisayiraz Adal Asata, Lechem in the Rakade pchines misha noichi. It comes completely from a noichi, from me. Kishan nimshak b'pchines pnimius ab b'pchines moshe. A noichi eiyem picha. Hashem says, I, me, my essence will be with your mouth when a noichi comes into pnimius abba, which is ma. The pnimius hakham, which is moshe. A noichi eiyem picha. A yideze yochel later the lahash to lamata belius lamata k'mosheul he tells Moshe you can go down and you can go to the lowest place and remain as you were above. There's no distinction between Maila and Mata when you're connected to Anoichi. Anoichi, Misha, Anoichi is an expression in Zohar On the words Anoichi, Hashem Alekech, he says, who's Anoichi? So he says, the only thing you say Anoichi is, I am who I am. In English they got it. Anoichi, Misha, Anoichi. I am who I am. Who am I? I can't tell you who I am. I am who I am. That's the best thing I can say about me. Anoichi, Misha Anoichi. It's an expression of Zoya. I am who I am. I am what I am, actually. So when Moshe says, I can't do this, Mi Anoichi, Mi Anoichi, the answer is, uh, this is not me. And the reason is because he's higher than it, not because he's lower than it. He's higher than it. His neshama is not made for this. His neshama is not made for communication. Because neshama is made for absorption, that's the whole distinction between pnimius and is that we explain. That everything you see, we live in a we live often in superficial realities. So we have to always expand our models. The one thing that you cannot uh, uh, that cannot coexist with Torah and Lakuta Torah is superficial definitions. It just doesn't uh, doesn't work together. You know, what I mean? it's just, uh, everything here is, is, is looking for pure truth. So therefore, what we call chitzainius becomes pneumius. What we call pneumius often becomes chitzainius. It becomes topsy-turvy. The definition of chitzainius here is not bad, not bad at all. But basically, anything, the way it's defined by others is already chitzainius. Anything that's defined by others is already not it. It's the external element of it. Why? Because it's the aspect of you that I can appreciate. In other words, it's the way I see you, I perceive you, I grasp you, I define you. That's called your chitzonius. What's your pneumious? Your primius is the relationships of something vis-a-vis itself. But the way it's defined by others, in other words, the way it inspires others. Moshe Rabbeinu as a teacher is the chitzonius of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's really the difference between a real leader and a pseudo-leader. Or I would say an ordinary leader and a great leader. An ordinary leader... His greatness is defined by his leadership. Real great leaders, their inner life is much richer than anything anybody knows about. In other words, the day they become ice leaders, their life actually begins. It doesn't end. <laughs> For many people, they, like, they they lose their leadership. Oh like, well, what, what now what am I worth? You know, they have this identity crisis. For the real leader, his inner life is always much richer than anything else, which is very fascinating. It's like he's most comfortable in his inner life. The whole leadership is like a compromise of his, of his integrity of his truth it's a symptom, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's a fakert Hashem had to fight with Moshe to do it it's a it doesn't add to his personality on the contrary his inner life is, is infinitely richer At least that was the same as Hashem's compromise when he chose to relate right? it to yeah, us yeah exactly that's symptom. yeah yeah and Moshe's time is, not only I don't want to do it, not because I'm lazy, I can't do it. This is not what people need. Because the definition of leadership and communication is always to talk to people, not to yourself. It's not communication, it's communication with people. You have to be able to lower yourself and be in tune to the reality of the person. Moshe says, And even Torah. What's Torah? is Hashem, but the way it informs does the way it informs behavior, that's already called Khitsainiya It's not basking in the infinite itself, it's gleaning from the infinite direction for life. And Moshe says, Oh, I can't do that. I can't glean from the infinite direction for life. That's already too much. I stay there. That idea that said that the on the cannot be a Ah, <laughs> right hear. He's higher. He's busy absorbing, not not giving. So, chitzoni is here. Chitzayani doesn't mean. It's not a derogatory term. Chitzoni is it's, it's nothing. Chitzoni is here means again, the way something or any a person becomes a source of inspiration for something else. That's called as chitzoni. <clears throat> The way I can appreciate you, the way I define you, the way you do something for me, that's your Chitzainius already. And that journey of you going out of yourself into a source of teachings or inspiration is a journey from your Pnimius to your Chitzainius. And the Pnimius is always infinitely more rich than the Chitzainius. Because it's the person vis a vis himself without any compromise. Yes, even the Gabba yourself. The way you, I describe myself is already my chitsonyas. The way I speak about myself to myself is my chitsonyas, not my primis. You can't know oh, that's a tough one. You have to stop speaking to yourself about yourself in order to know yourself. As long as you're telling yourself who you are, you don't know who you are. You're telling yourself who you are. You're like the audience. You're watching yourself. Okay, I'm this, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. Convincing huh? Or convincing, or you're convinced already. <laughs> he's con- he's convinced already. It's usually you're not con- you convincing. You? you maintain it. Yeah, you maintain it. You you find proofs to everything you've been told. I'm this. I'm this. You're just basically confirming, huh? I mean the other way. Self-making. Or, or self-. Uh, self uh... It goes both ways. For good and for bad. Yeah. yeah. So Mazachism. So how, how do you define the process of being? When yeah. you not so, how do you define the process of being? That was Moshe's struggle. Moshe was in the state of being. And he was being forced to go out of a state of being into a state of. Uh... So, that's not a chasur because not he cannot do chasur. You're right. It's not a chisorin. But Moshe said, I'm not the right man for this. So what Hashem told him is, Anoichi Eye pecha. There's something even deeper than Etzim HaChachma. And that's A anoichi. anoichi is the essence which is even beyond the etzem of Chachma, the pnimius of Chachma, the core of it. That's what He says, Anoichi Misha Anoichi L'gabrihim Kachashecha k'or. And therefore, I will come into your mouth. And when I will come into your mouth, you'll be able to communicate and your communication will still maintain the level of integrity and the level of primias that you would be without communication, when you would be simply in a state of being, in a state of absorption, where you don't have to surface as a source, because you could just be. pecha. And that's represented by the man, which is not Yisarus Adoleil that comes from Yisarus Adoleil, it's Yisarus itself. And now he explains this a little more, and he goes in to another, ter- another, he goes into new terminology here that we once learned already in the Parshish Noyach Those who remember will remember; if not, I'll also explain. He says as follows: <coughs> shaman The shoyresh of man comes from a reality, a world that we call akudim. Akkuddin means bound up, like akedah, akud. It's an expression in Eitzchayim from the Ariza, that all the lights are bound up in one vessel. Now, here comes the Alter Rebbe's imprint. Don't compare the integration and unity that exists in Akudim to the integration and unity that exists in the world of Tikkun, discussed earlier. Because the world of Tikkun, the Shorish is not Aylam Hakudim, the Shorish is Aylam Habrudim. Because in Tikun you have multiple vessels and multiple channels, multiple kavim lines, outlets, conduits, kavim. That's what makes it diversified and integrated. Because you have so many, and you can't ignore the other because there's so much out there. How do they get along? Why they pchinas they have a particular bit of humility. May ha'oras shei masha bechachma, because of the ray, the glimmer, the light that comes from the name of Ma Yutke Vofke in Chachma. Shehi ha'oras ha'moychin b'midos. It's when the moychin inspire the Midas, They slapshus eid soif bechachma, because Chachma has in it a manifestation of the insoif. Mita'm shehi deha'oras ha'moychin b'midos meskalulam gam beis hafkim k'maychesed gevurayach. Because when moichen, shine in the midais, they take the opposites, like chesed and gvore, and they bring them together. Because when you have the moich that rules over the heart, it weakens the intensity of the emotion. So from being a primal, extreme emotion it becomes a compromised emotion. It becomes a diplomatic emotion. It becomes a structured emotion, a balanced emotion. And Chesed could create space for Gvura, and Gvura creates space for life. Even if you're in a space of tremendous love, you can understand the art of discipline. And even when you're in a space, space of discipline, you still can appreciate room for love. You're not in a state of extremism, of toihu, where there's no room for anything else. No, the Mayach tells the Lev, you're a good guy, Chesed, Absiddaikhandira, there's also others. Gvura, you're a good guy, but there's also others. Eluve. So Layu Nirgoshum Batakuam of Say Skalushu M Khina Sakudim Hu. But the integration in the world of Akudim is different. Listen to this. Avgambiya is a middis betakfum. In Akudim the middis are in full primal intensity. Afa pikein Musahdum Muskalum Yach. But in Akudim there's still one. Why? Because, over there, there is a complete revelation of in the most perfect manner. And when you see the Ein save there's no opposites. And there's no division. So why wasn't there a shvira? Or is this above the level of shvira? Above. Listen to these words, because their intensity is not because their essence is intense. It's because the Ein Saif is revealed and the Ein Saif is the perfection of everything and therefore includes everything, so everything could be in its ultimate intensity and yet not collide with anything else. But Akud <speaking in Hebrew> That's why the Kabbalah calls it Akud, bound up in one vessel. It's not like in Tikun, where the unity comes because there's so much diversity and everybody learns that they are not the only ones. Over there, it becomes because of weakness. In Akudim, the unity comes because everyone is actually in its fullest intensity, and because it's in its fullest intensity. And it senses its source in the ain't safe. therefore it gets along with everybody else. Wait a minute. It's not just above Tikkun, it's above Tov also. Of course. But he's saying, he's mentioning it's above Tikkun, but it's above Tov. He's above No, yes. Of course it's above Tov. But he wants to bring out that the, the Hiskalos of Akudim is very different genre than the Hiskalos of Tikkun. That's the Chidashim, right. that contrast. Tov, there's no Hiskalos. There right. Tov, there's no... right. a Shvira. there's a Shvira. What is he saying here? I thought we said tolo was not the yet. I thought we said tolo that they're, they're right. eating a, a thing to itself and it can't accept the Right. So therefore when the Middas came out, they, they fought. Right. So this is a level before, before tolo. Meaning yeah. they're undifferentiated. Ah, they're, they're, undifferentiated right. they're undifferentiated, right. Yes, yes. I'm going to explain now. You're very good. In in, in the story of Yaakov Avinu with the sticks and then the parches of Vayetze, it's usually where most kids shut down in Chumash forever. When you go through those sticks, you know, akudim, nikudim, you don't know what hit you over there with the sheep and the water. So one of the expressions that's, that's used there constantly is Akudim, Nikudim, and Brudim. Literally, Akudim means bound up. Akudim. Which is basically a line that connects. A line that encircles the sheep. Nikudim is polka dots. Nikudim. What's Brudim? Brudim is, Brudim is, uh, I guess, could be translated as integrated. Integrated. What's Psalm? Integrated. Integrated is, you would have uh, uh, dots, but there would be a line that connects them. In Eitzchayim, the Rizal says that Yaakov Avinu wasn't just busy with sticks. Yaakov Avinu was, Zoyer says that that's how Yaakov put on tefillin. The whole Avoidah with the sticks was basically Avoidah of Hanachas It was a different type of Tfilim. But the point there is that Yaakov was uh, accessing energy. He was tuning into energy. What energy? Akudim, Nikudim, and Brudim. Three worlds. It's the world of Akudim, the world of Nikudim, the world of Brudim. In the, in the Tloshna of the Balatanya, Akudim precedes Toyu and Tikkun. Nikudim parallels Toyu; Brudim parallels Tikkun. Whenever you hear in Hasidus, Atsilas, Briyah, Yitzir, Asiyah, that's all post Tikkun. Atsilas, Briyah, Yitzir, Asiyah, it's all post Tikkun. It's already ha-brudim. HaBrudim. Olam HaNekudim is before Atsilas. And Olam HaAkudim is even before that. Akudim, then Akudim, then Brudim. And this is all post Timson. Now, let's just define the three that are Negeya here that he's defining here. Why is it called Akudim? We explained many times. That all of creation is a marriage between iris and Kaelim. Energy and containers. Everything in the world. There's the Eur, the passion, the energy, the creativity, and the Kaelim, the container. The facilitator, the administrator, the implementation of it. That's Eur and Kaelim. There's usually ten iris and ten Kaelim because there's ten Spheres. Chachma. There's the Eur of Chachma, the Kli of Chachma. The Eur of Chesed, the Kli of Chesed. The Eur of Gvur, the Kli of Gvur. Everything has iris and Kaelim. In Olam there's no differentiation. Eser O'iris Akudim Bikli It's bound up in one vessel. There's one vessel that contains ten lights. Which is difficult to understand. Because if it's ten, so why is there one vessel? By definition, every light has its way of expressing itself. But that's akudim. Next level is Nikudim. Nikudim is there's ten lights and there's ten vessels. But as he said before, it's ze Each one is completely independent. And that's why there was a Shvira there. First of all, the Oyer and the Keli couldn't get along, and each Oyer couldn't get along with the other one. Each Keli couldn't get along with the other one. Because each one, as he said, was infinitely extreme and primal, and its tokyof was so powerful. all seven kings of Toy die before the next one takes over, they can't coexist. these are the Malchay adam lefnei malach Yisra. What's missing here? What's missing here is tikkun. Now there's going to be a new world. A new world is the world of tikkun, but there's also ten, but there's integration. The iris are smaller, the kelim are larger, and there's unique respect for diversity. What he calls here is chalkos kavu. Everything is diversified. Everything is fleshed out. There's details and nuances. And each kelim understands the value in the other. Why does it understand the value in the other? Because its own intensity is weakened it could see a different perspective. And because it could see a different perspective, it can coexist. Not only coexist, it could be enhanced by the other. I enhance you and you enhance me as we discussed the jigsaw puzzle, the symphony, the art. It's the art of symmetry, the art of of synthesis, the art of integration, the art of diversity, the art of kibbutzala, elakim asa, es ha'adam. It's male and female together. I am not in the image of God when I am me. I encounter God in the face of the stranger in the face of the one who's not me. That's the power of Tikkun, which he says has, ha'oras ha, what he says here, al-alev, an awareness that informs emotion. So there's ten oydis and ten kelim, but here, the kelim are large, the oydis are mitzumtzum in the keli, they're not so primal, they're not so intense, they don't collide, they don't destroy each other, this is a world of balance, a world of correction, it's called Tikkun. Tikkun means a world of litakein, toyu is chaos, a soyu vavayu. And the way he touches the Oretz soyu means, by definition, everything in Eretz is Toyu, everything in Geshem is a result of Toyu. But there's a big difference between Akudim and Brudim. That's a big difference. And that's what he's saying, the Man, Lechem and Hashamayim, was rooted in Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the, the P'china of Akudim, versus Lechem and haaretz, which is a synthesis of Tikkun and Toyu, which is Brudim and Akudim. What's the nekudas here? What's the difference? The difference, the key difference is, I mean, if you see the, these few lines, are very uh, what's 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 called in the terminology of the Balatanya profound haskala. There's a very deep idea that he's saying here about the different type of iskalalos. But I want to focus on one line, so you should see you should see his words. One to... Five lines from the end of the paragraph, he says, in akudim lo shayech beis hafchim veloyis chalkus ki pchinus at toikif shalahem enim mitzat toikif hamohus elements means intensity. Toikif, takif, strength. Right. Toikif, intensity, very power, power. Its power is not because its essence it's powerful, it's because oirin sof is revealed. Akudim, yeah. Yeah. Versus brudim, where there's also unity, but that's because there's weakness, bittel and chlishus. In akudim, it's soif, but So you have intensity in akudim that's similar to nikudim, but there's no breakage. Why not? Why not? We just explained. And we know this in human relations. If you're in a marriage with your primal emotions. There's no negotiations. When I'm angry, I'm angry. And you know such people? When they're angry, you don't talk to them for seven, eight hours. If you can go to Hawaii for a few weeks, till he sobers up, <laughs> you don't want to see them. And sometimes people will tell you, you know, I didn't have my coffee yet. You don't want to talk to me. I'm, I'm still, I need, I need three hours to land. I'm not. Sometimes people are like very, you know, they're like instinctively honest with themselves. Most of us learn at a very young age, especially Ashkenazic Jews, to suppress instinct. We learn to be proper. I was the other day at a bris, somebody had twins. They came from uh, Uzbekistan, yeah? They were sitting on the floor and singing and jumping. The babies came and everyone was jumping to the ceiling. I'm looking, I say Ashkenazim would commit suicide before they would do this other place. <laughs> everybody's standing as <laughs> right everybody's proper okay. and make sure the tie the tie is this. And these Yidin from Uzbekistan, they were jumping and hollering and screaming and dancing. So I said it's interesting what the Enlightenment did to Ashkenazic jury. Amazing. Turned them into sophisticated people. But sophistication also kills somebody. That's what he says. There's, there's a chalishus. There's a weakness. There's a weakness. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here judging uh, sociological, uh, making sociological judgments on Sfaridim versus Ashkenazim. But there's a certain passion that you see by Sfaridim that Ashkenazim don't have in terms of emunah, in terms of heritage, in terms of a lot of things. If you have an Ashkenazi married to a Sfarid, it becomes very interesting usually. Okay. So. Huh? What? <laughs> so, uh, so, so, he says in Akudim you have even more toikev, but there's no shvira there. It's actually one Kali. There's even more unity than brudim. Why? Because it's not a amohus. It's toikev einsof. What does this mean? What does this mean? Before we explain it practically, which you always have to explain it, you first have to always understand the concept. And then the concept... You bring into practicality. And here, I'm going to make a ha'ara about Pnimius and Chitzainius. What's often so difficult about teaching Torah, and Lakuta, Torah is that it's a safer that's coolly Pnimius. And yet, if you only stay by the Pnimius, tragically, sadly, most people would lose interest. Because when we come to a Shia today, most people maybe maybe some present company excluded but not everybody most people have one question what's in it for me that question is a question of chitzaimiyas not of primiyas it never allows me to hear what the person is saying all it allows me to do is hear what is in it for me what does he have to tell i want to be inspired i want to be happier now this is not a this is not blaming or judgment this is just a description of reality but that means that sometimes I could sit my whole life and all I took was the chitsonius of the altar heaven. Nothing else. All I heard was, this is a good vart. <laughs> it's a good vart. I like it. My Shabbos is better. My Yom Tov is better. Beautiful. But we realize that this is chitsonius. It's how I'm using you for me. Nothing to do with Knimius. On the other hand, this is, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was complaining about. <laughs> He didn't want to teach Chiznis. He wanted to be there. He just wanted to be there. He didn't want to communicate Chiznius. What Pneumius? Pneumius means I'm not looking what's in it for me. I want to know what you actually have to say. And you know what? I may not find relevance for 65 years. Nach besser, fakert. The less relevance, the more true it is. <laughs> the more abstract, the more pure. Right? The higher. The fact that I, I'm like. I don't know what's this, what's, what's this doing for me. Okay, so you're actually getting lost in it. Good. So you're getting lost in it. So you're getting lost. But I know we don't live in that world. We don't live in that. We live in a world where, frankly, most people want to be inspired. They want to be moved. People today are stressed. They're anxious. The greatest thing you can do for people is help them navigate their stress and anxiety and find a place of peace and comfort and wholesomeness with themselves, with God. With their spouses, with their children, and with the universe. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, and with the extraterrestrial creatures as well. <laughs> 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 Can that be described the difference between the Rambam and other Qasim about discussing a lot of it's not the yes. guy. Yeah, that's the Rambam. The Rambam specially did not make us safer of halachalamaisa. That was the uniqueness of the Rambam. The only safer of halachalamaisa that includes everything in its idealistic space. (laughs) Hilchasilim. The Rambam is the only one who has all the halachas of Mashiach. The Rambam has all the halachas of Mambay Samit, and he treats it with the same intensity. In Shulchan Aruch, it's halach of Amaysa, what a Jew has to do today. The Rambam, he'll treat, Hilchas Shabbos, Yeah? And the carbonists that weren't around by the Rambam already for more than a thousand years, the same exact intent, there's no difference. <laughs> and Rabbi Salag, Rabbi Yosheber says that the Rambam suddenly forgot that he was living in Egypt. That's what he says, yeah? He says he forgot where he was living, suddenly suddenly he's in Yerushalayim. How he starts describing the carbon Pesach, the four kashas, the five kashas. You know what I'm talking about? That's Sheer. So okay, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a dogma. Here I'm talking more in, in terms of avodas Hashem and ruchnius, but it's a different. Pnimius is different than chitzaynius. Pnimius is different. I'll tell you a deep ma'isa. It's, it, it's a chiddush ma'isa, though. So you have to have a, you have to have a certain sensitivity to it. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an edel ma'isa. I'm telling you. So if you don't understand it, it's fine. It's an edel ma'isa. I hear this from the Baal HaMaisa. It brings out something. It brings out something very deep. <laughs> Just to give you a little context so you'll appreciate the Maisa. The Lubavitcher Rebbe had three types of letters that he uh, wrote. He had what they call in the jargon of Chabad a micht of proti, a micht of kloli, and a micht of prati. Now before you get confused, I'll explain to you what it is. It's not complicated. Micht of proti means an individual letter. He writes a letter, he writes back an answer, a letter. Which he wrote uh, probably two or three hundred thousand uh, over his years. Non-stop, every day, hundreds of letters. Today there's already, I don't know, uh, maybe 35 volumes, and it's only letters that are not so private. Anyway, that's a private letter a Private letter to someone. Then there was a mikhtav kloli. Mikhtav kloli means a few times a year. Rosh Hashanah, Hashanah before Pesach. He would send out a general letter, like a message that he felt was relevant Addressed to the Jewish people, and then there was a mitzvah klali prati, meaning it was for individuals, but it was generic. What's Psha generic? A few times a year, let's say Hanukkah, time, the Rebbe would sit down and write down a message, some thoughts, a page or two pages, say about Hanukkah, about something in the Parsha. It was an idea, an idea in Avodas Hashem, an idea in Yiddishkeit, an idea, an idea in Chassidus, in, in, in an idea in Halach, whatever it was. People who sent him letters. He would often send them back this letter, which had a blessing at the end, and usually he would, he would address it to the name, sometimes add a, a, a line at the end, or, or in the beginning, I got your letters, or whatever. But this was more of a generic letter that went out. How many people got it? He could send it to 500 people, 5,000 people, whoever it was. He wanted to send them this message. So his secretary once told me, Rabbi Grono once told me, that there was a yeet who uh, sent a letter so again, if it was a personal question, you have to know to do this. The generic letter wouldn't help. but if it was more uh, a toichendika letter or just notifying. So this, he it wrote a letter. So the Rebbe tells Rabbi Groner, send him, send him the micht of khali Send him this letter. So he sends it to him. So he gets it. He comes to the office and he gets it and he, uh, he makes a sour face. So he says, what's the sour face? He says, I wanted... Uh, I wanted a personalized letter. I don't know why he's sending me him. So, I just remember growing. I don't know why he decided to tell this to the Rebbe. It's good he did because you'll hear the response. So he tells the Rebbe that this Yid is upset. Why is he was upset? He said he wanted he wanted a personal a personal letter, not. To... So the Rebbe said, sometimes you overestimate a person. I'll say it in Yiddish and then I'll translate. It, it says, as was I thought he's a person who would be interested to know what I am into these days, what I'm thinking about. He's not. I'll send him an. I'll send him an individual letter. typhus <laughs> That's the difference of primis you would think, an individual letter, aha. No, he says, I'm writing to you. You want to re- talk about this? We'll talk about this. The generic letters, what? what, what were, he wasn't writing a response to somebody. He was writing what he's thinking about. I thought we have a relationship. He wants to know what I'm into. So I sent it to him. I thought that's what he wants. I'll send him a personal letter. Right? You would think it's the other way, more is, it's more personalized. No, more personalized means actually I'm stepping out of my space. I'm tuning into your space, which is fine. That's what you want to talk about. But what about sometimes asking yourself not what you want to hear, but actually what the other person is saying. Imagine in a marriage if you could do that. Right? When your wife speaks to you, not to hear what she's telling you about you, Actually, what she say? not with a psakavana. Not. Lishma. Lishma in the literal interpretation. Lishma <laughs> kapsutta. That's the definition of pnimiyas. It's a whole different Indian. So pnimiyas means tuning in to the purity of something without any motive, even a motive of inspiration, which is basically how it's being defined vis a vis me. And the same is true in Torah. You could learn Torah. Right, You want to know halacha, you want to have inspiration. And then there's Torah itself. But even Torah itself that we learn is already the ha'ara of Torah, because it's the way Torah informs life. It's not the core. And Moshe says, this is, this is not me. So Hashem says, Once noichi will be with your mouth, then we can come down. In order to, And that's what the man is. The man comes with In order to explain this, he says, for this we have to understand the Chiddush of Olam Ha'akudim versus Olam Ha'brudim. The Achdus of Ha'akudim versus the Achdus of Brudim. It's a different Achdus. One is an Achdus because there's a lot of Kalim. And everyone gets along with the other because they're weakened. What makes them weak, he says? Maya Shalit Al Awareness makes primal emotions weak because it gives you perspective it tells you relax you're not the only animal in the jungle this is what's called negotiations this is political science How humanity has struggled with this how do you create a society that's normal when everyone has conflicting interests and you don't have what do you do socialism was one way of dealing with it right capitalism democratic systems, monarchies. It was all different types of systems. The Roman system, the Greek system. How do you create systems? You have a million people living together. Everyone has interests. How do we live and let live and yet work together but not work together? And the truth is it's very tough. One of the greatest questions in politics and running a country is what's the balance between yachid and sibur The rights of the individual versus the rights of the collective. It's one of the most difficult Challenges. Most of us, we already grow up in a country, and America is a Chesed, is a lovely country, despite the, all the all the challenges here. But it's a it's. <laughs> this is what a lot of Supreme Court stuff revolves around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of the biggest questions: First Amendment, uh, etc. What's the rights of the yochid, and what are their limits? Do they have limits? America was based on the yochid. That was the chiddush of America, for the people, by the people. The monarchy, the meluch is based on the melech. It's not the yachit. And the melech kevayachal is the tzibur. Communism and socialism. There's no melech. There's only a tzibur. There's only the people. There's nobody else. Everybody is equal. The only problem is some are more equal than others. As we know, many of our communities are based on that way. There's only the tzibur. There's only the people. But some are a little more equal than others. Right? So that's a very very powerful question. What are the limits of the yachid? What are the limits of the tzibur? A lot of Yiddishkeit, a lot of hilchis hilchis malachim, hilchis Sanhedrin, hilchis melchama. A lot of the halachis of tzedakah all revolve around this question. What does Yiddishkeit embrace? Do we embrace the ethos that the individual reigns supreme, or no? The tzibur reigns supreme, and you have to surrender. Does the yachid surrender to the tzibur? Does the tzibur surrender to the yachid? In many situations, people struggle very heavily with this. They grow up in a very uh, collective atmosphere where there's only community. And one day they look in the mirror and they say, did I ever exist and will I ever exist? And do I exist? And it creates a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Because nobody ever told me that I exist. They always told me that you are a screw that keeps the bookcase together. That's your function. And the moment the screw goes away... (laughs) Mikra toiv, you're a screw, but Mikra what are you? You're not a screw, but the opposite, okay, you're not the hammer, you're the nail, okay, one of the two, so this is the question, it really originates in these three worlds, akudim, nukudim, and brudim, as we obey Zerashem explore. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net, please help us continue the classes.